But listen, what we're going to do <laughs> is we're going to be doing a checkup on everybody today. All right? We're going to be... Now, now, not a natural checkup, all right? So I'm not coming around and checking your temperature, you know, and your blood pressure and all of that. But rather, we're going to be doing a checkup on your spirit. Amen? Amen. All right? Come on now. Y'all got to wake up. We may have to dance around a little more, but we're going to be doing a checkup on your spirit. That's very important. And I actually titled this, Time for a Spiritual Checkup. Now, we're, we have some pretty mature people in here, spiritually speaking. But listen, you never stop growing. I don't care if you are the master theologian. You still should be progressing. You still should be growing, right? So, it's time for a spiritual checkup. Now, look, I'm not going to be doing the examination so all of you can breathe. I see all of you are like, oh, my gosh, is he going to touch me? Is he going to say something? Is he going to get all in my business? What's he going to do? But I'm not. I'm not going to do that. But I am going to encourage you guys to do a little self-examination. All right, that's the point of this message. I want you to dig deep. I want you to get before God. You and God. Get, and I want you to ask Him some questions about this when we get done. Right? So you're going to be examining. Because what we're going to be talking about is one of the most overlooked parts of our very being. And, 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 and you know, we're, remember, God made us a three-part being. We are a spirit, soul, and we have a body. All right? And you've heard me say this a thousand times. We are a spirit. We're made in God's image. He is a spirit. We are made in His image, so we're a spirit. We have a soul. That is our mind, our intellect, and our reasoning. And we live in this earthly vessel, our body. Which, by the way, this is what gets us in all the trouble in this life most of the time. And I should get 500 amens for that because it's just a simple truth. <laughs> but we're going uh, to be talking about the most overlooked part of that. And that's spiritual. Our spiritual growth. Because if there's anything about this society we live in, this, society, this great earthly society that we live in, it is possessed with improving the mind and the body in every way. I mean, it's, everything is about improving your mind and your body. And listen, there's, don't you misunderstand me. There's nothing wrong with that. You should be growing naturally, and you should take care of this earthly vessel, but you should also be taking care of your spirit, Right? I mean, you just look at the number of colleges that are throughout the, the nation now. And I mean, you can, online degrees, you can, there's so many places that you can get a degree. So many places that you can learn knowledge. And that's good. I mean, and you, and you look at, that. I mean, there's students that come from all over the world just to our very city to go to Auburn to learn. And, and I mean, that's great. And we should be learning, Right? And those students, they spend thousands of dollars. I was talking with a, a gentleman a couple of weeks ago, and he was sharing, he wanted me to pray for him because he was kind of in a financial situation and this, that, and the other. And he, we were going through the progression of where he was and how he got where he was at. And according to his calculations, you know, just in the natural, not, not expecting a miracle or, or anything of that nature, he would be 53 years old when he paid off his student loans. That's a long time. He was 26. He was 26. So you can get out of balance with that. Now, I'll tell you this. One reason that he, get, he went into that was he was, going, he was on his, working on his fourth degree, all right? And every time, he was student loaning, student loaning, student loaning. All right, so you see you can get out of balance with that. But listen, it's very important that to, to pursue your education because an education is priceless. But those students, they spend all of this money, 
And they spend all of these hours in the classroom, all of the time listening to lectures. And they do all of that pursuing information to improve their life. Right? We've got that down pat. And we're, and we're making progression. You know, we, we have uh, probably one of the, a couple of the, the most intelligent generations that are coming out right now. As far as book knowledge goes, I think we need to go back and have a class for common sense for some of them. But that's so, it's just my old age speaking, right? When you look at some of the things that we do. But they're seeking. We've got down the, the understanding of developing our mind. There's no question about that. Proud of Danny there. He's going back for his master's. Good for you, buddy. God's got great things for you. Right? Supernatural strength, supernatural wisdom. You will come out on top through it all. Just press through and do not give up. Amen? But now, the next big thing that just blows me away, it's so insane, is the physical fitness craze, right? And, and those of you that don't know, Hampton has graduated, and now he's a, he's a personal trainer. He's got his certification for that. He's, and he, he hopes to cash in on some of this because we are blowing a ton of money on this. And it is crazy, man, what people will spend to just to take care of this body. Now, don't get me wrong, we need to take care of it. Well, I'm trying my best to avoid Krispy Kreme, right? I'm doing my best. I haven't had a donut, guys, and it's been a while. I've been doing really good. I will say that they did make a cake last night, and that kind of made up for it. So we're just, I'm just in the hole out of the, I'm just, you know, it just, you know, whatever. <laughs> but, you know, you're supposed to be learning something every day. I mean, think about it, right? If, if, you know, the old saying, you learn something new every day? You really do if you're looking for it. I guarantee you that if you ask Kaylee, when you bake a cake, where do the eggs go? She can tell you. She can tell you those eggs go in the batter. Because let me tell you what happened last night. Kaylee, our intern, was at the house, and her and Michelle were making a cake. And we're all just hanging out. It's what we do. You know, everybody's, our kitchen's tiny. You know, we're all in there talking. Yeah, everybody's talking, 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 talking. Mom's over here doing this, and Kaylee's opening the box. You know, empties out the bag of batter in there. And she's got to put her eggs in. Well, I'm standing over here leaning on the coffee pot just talking, and I'm watching, and Kaylee's talking while she's doing this. Crack, foom, crack, foom. Well, her eggs go in the box, the empty box, and the bowl of the batter is right here. Now, Kaylee realizes what she's doing. She goes, she grabs the box, her response. It was so funny. She picks it up like, do I pour them out? You know what? Did I just do that? You know? (laughs) It was so precious. So precious. Thank God we had a few more eggs, but thank you. That was the best cake ever. But you learn something new every day. Learn something. 17 eggs, but we got a cake. I think it takes two. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. All right, what were we were talking about? Oh, we were talking about developing your body and how it's going to make Hamp a millionaire. All right, because his... Listen, listen. Gyms and physical fitness, it's a billion-dollar industry. And there's no, there's no joking about that. It, there really is. And there again, I'm not knocking it. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm not knocking it. But it's crazy what people will spend. I was talking with a gentleman uh, that was the, the other day, and he, he was talking about his wife. And he was like, I need you to pray for us. For us you know, we're kind of having a situation. I said, okay, well, what's the situation? He said, well, you know. And keep in mind, he's, he's my age, so... You know, actually, he's older. He's 52, so he's older than me. But his, his wife, same age. 
And he said, well, she decided she wanted to take care of her body and she got a gym membership. Now, I didn't encourage this. I like her curves the way they are, but this was all her. This is him talking. <laughs> I'm just cracking up. And he says, which was fine. I could handle the gym membership. It was only like $17 a month. He said, but I get a credit card bill for $700. I said, really? And I said, what was that for? He said, clothes. He said, she had to go buy $700 worth of clothes and shoes to go to the gym to work out. You know, and I was like, why explain this? She said, well, I can't go in there looking like this. I've got to look the look, the part. You haven't even been to the gym yet. And I'm like, and I'm just like laughing. I'm praying, okay, you know, I'm like, all right, we're going to let God handle that one. I'm staying out of that one. <laughs> but the point is, is we're spending a lot of money to develop that, to develop our body, you know. And there again, we should. This is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and we should take about it, take care of it. But we've got to get to a place that, that we're taking care of more than just our mind and our body, right? First Timothy 4, Timothy 4, 8 says, Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Guys, we spend so much money on our education, so much money and so much focus on our bodies, to getting them right, to getting them where we need them to be, to, get, to, 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 to trying to better ourselves. But guys, it's sad to say when you look at church statistics, you can clearly see that the priority is not on spiritual growth. Because people, if you look at church stats, people only give a couple of hours a week to their spirit. A couple of hours a week. Now I know that if you're in the gym... I see him, 5, 30, 6 o'clock every morning. He's up, boom, he's gone. He's going to the gym, going to the gym. Sometimes he works and then goes back to, you know, dedication. It takes time. But he's, he's got a goal. Why are, we, why are we not developing our spirits? Because, listen, if you get, you, you, your natural muscles are only going to take you so far in this life. You've got to develop your spirits, you right? I mean, and this is what this, is what this whole of the purpose of this message is I want to encourage you to do a self-examination and really intimately ask God. You know, I do this about every couple of weeks. I get with God, all right, and I get on my knees and I'm like, show me, is there any adjustments I need to make? Because I don't want to get out of bounds. I don't want to get out of line. And I want Him to hold me close. But you know, some people are so well, prideful, really, and they want, don't want to admit that they can make a mistake. And oh, I don't need correction from God. I know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm perfect, you know. But you need to get before Him and let Him show you. Let the Holy Spirit show you areas that you need to adjust. And I promise you, until, from now until Jesus comes back, if you do this, there will always be something you'll need to adjust. But it will change your life. It really will. And you need to ask Him, what, what am I doing to grow spiritually? Or what do I need to do to grow spiritually? Because, it, listen... You, if you're expecting your faith muscles or your spiritual muscles to get you to the ultimate plan that God has for your life, you've got to grow them. You've got to grow those muscles. Because listen, we talk about God's plan all the time. Now I'm going to get really into the nitty-gritty about it now. God's got a plan for you. You were born again, but you were down here. But God's plan for your life is up here. Now, naturally, He gifted you to do what you're, He called you to do. But spiritually, you've got to bring yourself from here as a spiritual baby to up here, to where he, to get 
to the plan of God that He has for your life. Because if you never grow spiritually, you're never going to reach that plan. You're never going to do it. It's just not going to happen, right? So just as your mind and body can be developed, all right, and built in the gym, you, you work, work hard, dedication, right? Stretch your muscles, and you do that, and, and it builds up your strength. The same is true for your spirit. And this is the biggest reason a lot of people are, are, are walking in so many failures and so many, so many problems that are overtaking them. It's because that they haven't developed their spirit to be able to respond from that. They can respond naturally with all the strength that they've got. But that's not enough. We talked about that last week. Head knowledge is not enough. You've got to have spiritual strength to get through. And, we, and so you need to be developing your spirit. And we know that the reason that God gave us the five-fold ministries, the evangelist, the prophet, the, uh, the apostle, the pastor, the teacher, Ephesians 4, he gave us all of that for what reason? He gave us them all to edify the body of Christ, to build up the body of Christ so that we would grow and mature. And do the work of the ministry. Or do what God's called us to do. We just have to push ourselves to do it. And, I, and I'm not jabbing at anybody. This is, where, this is for you to get between God and find out, is there more I need to do or am I doing enough? And let me just say this. If you think that you're getting all the church you need by all the little nuggets that somebody posts on social media, that's not it. That's not going to grow you. Sometimes that creates more division. Right? So be very careful of that. Don't just depend on that. Because the spiritual growth comes from this. Right? And, and, you know, there's no other way to put it. It comes from this. Right? There's no other way. And sometimes that's hard. I know people that say, oh, I, just don't like to, I just don't like to read. Well, start reading. Push yourself. You know, I don't like going to the gym. But I keep this physique about working. That's just kidding. I don't go to the gym. But in order, if I wanted to keep a physique like Hamp have, I would have to go to the gym, right? Michelle's like, you do need to go to the gym. I know, I'm trying. Y'all keep making cakes. It's your fault, right? <laughs> but listen, there's one thing for sure. God wants us to keep constantly growing to be like Christ. Spiritually, naturally, mentally, all the way around. It's all a, a well-defined picture. Right? And it's, and, and I mean, think about it like, as a, just like in the natural, you're born as a baby and then you grow into adulthood. Well, you're, that's a whole learning process. And sometimes it's a process, on, some people never make it to adulthood and we keep praying for them, but that's all right. Right? But the same is true spiritually. When you're born again, you become a Christian, you become a spiritual baby. Right? You've been gifted for what God's called you to do in the natural. Now you're a spiritual baby. Right? And God needs you up here. And there's a process, there's a refining that comes to get you from here to here. Now you have to choose to walk that process out. You, God's not going to make you. right? He's not going to make you. It's your choice. You can choose all your life to be a spiritual baby and you'll still go to heaven. But you'll stand before Him one day and there'll be many things that He's asked you to do that you didn't accomplish because you didn't put the effort in. You didn't understand the need to grow spiritually, to grow to be more like Christ, because He created you with a plan and with a purpose to accomplish that plan, right? And nobody wants to do that, right? Nobody, no, we want to stand before Him and say, well done, my faithful servant, right? But 
we start out you're, when you're born again as a spiritual baby. And, and I always go back to 1 Corinthians 3, verses 2 and 3, and this is where Paul is actually scolding the Corinthian church. And I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translate. Michelle's got me hooked on the Passion here lately. But I'm going to tell you something. The Passion, you know, I don't like paraphrases a lot because that's what they are is a paraphrase. But if you ever want to throw a little uh, something in there to, to, that can really give you some emphasis on some of the Scripture, I mean, the Passion's pretty awesome, right? Should not be your only study Bible. Don't, don't misunderstand me. I'll never... The New Living, the Passion, any of these paraphrases should not be your only study Bible. But what's happening here is Paul's actually scolding the Corinthian church because of their lack of maturity. And basically, he's treating them like babies. Look, look what it says, 2 and 3, verses 2 and 3. It says, verse 2, it says, I had to nurse you and feed you with milk, not with the solid food of more advanced teachings because you weren't ready for it. You know, there's a lot of churches the pastor can't get really deep in the teaching because the people aren't ready for it. That's why we have a good balance here. We do more of an evangelistic message on Sunday, and then Wednesday night is where we dive deep. And thank you guys for coming out and being a part of that. Michelle does a great job teaching that, right? All right. Now we go further. He says, in fact, you're still not ready to be fed solid food, for you're living your lives dominated by the mindset of the flesh. Ask yourselves, is there jealousy among you? Do you compare yourselves with others? Do you quarrel like children and end up taking sides? Come on, that sounds like the world we live in right now, doesn't it? If so, this proves that you are living your lives centered on yourselves, dominated by the mindset of the flesh and behaving like unbelievers. I mean, Paul was putting it out there. He was laying it on the line. He was t- he was, I can just imagine, because I know sometimes I can get impatient with, with people that just constantly do dumb things over and over, and he's probably dealing with these people, dealing with all of this, thinking, you should know better. You know, and he's like, come on, grow up. You ever been around somebody that just, you're just like, you really need to grow up. You know, don't answer that. They may be sitting next to you. That's all right. We'll go to God for them and let them handle that, right? But now, but Paul was telling them, you've got to grow up. And that's, that's what we need to do. You want to grow out of the immature fleshly ways of your, that you were before. You were made new. In other words, before salvation. See, when, before I got saved, I lived a dark path. I mean, a dark life and some tough, hard things. And when I, once I got saved, nothing happened naturally in my body. Nothing happened uh, with my relationships and with, with everything that I was involved in until I made a choice to grow spiritually into my new man that was made new on the inside. See, I could have chosen to go right back and do what I was doing all along. But no, I made a choice. Because I'm, I'm changing my life. And I chose that I'm going to grow into the things of God. And then, then, of course, that led me here today. And now everybody always asks, well, how do you grow spiritually? And that's, of course, Second Peter 2, 1 and 2. And here again, I'll read it out of the Passion Translation. All right? And this just tells us, how do you grow spiritually? It says, so abandon from every form of evil deceit, hypocrisy, feelings of jealousy, and slander. In the same way that nursing infants cry for milk, you must intensely crave the pure spiritual milk of God's Word, for this milk will cause you to grow into maturity, fully nourished, and strong for life. Guys, 
you grow from a spiritual baby into a spiritual giant. Now, how many of you want to be a spiritual giant? Come on, we all should want that. You grow from a spiritual baby to a spiritual giant by creating a desire for God's work, the spiritual milk. Creating this desire. And this is the, this is the hard thing. And if you don't create a desire for this, it's not going to happen. So if you got born again and you're thinking, well, one of these days God's going to just move and make me happy to read and you know, and, that, 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 that. and when that happens, I'll get into the Word. But until then, I'm just going to live my life. Listen, you've got to create a desire for this. You know you can create a desire for anything. You take any of the fleshly sins, alcohol, pornography, drugs, I mean, there's so many of them, food, right? Donuts, uh, right? But see, you, you can create a desire for it. The, and you do that by putting it before your eyes. Right? I mean, I, I talked with a, a, a guy, well, that's been a while back, and his, he was, we, I was praying with him about his son because his son became addicted to, I don't know what they call it, but they sniff paint out of the cans. Some of you teachers probably know what I'm talking about. So apparently this is something these teenagers are doing now. But uh, he was talking to me about that, and I'm like, how in the world did he ever... I mean, you know, you ever spray paint it? I mean, you can't even breathe. I mean, but this kid felt the need. I don't know how he did it, but he was smelling it. And, and, and but it, it, it became a, a habit. He became addicted to it. And it was not good. It, it apparently will kill you very, very quickly, very suddenly. But, and, but he had to, he created that desire by continually to do it. Continuing to do it. And, you know, this is the same way with alcoholics. Now, some people do drink alcohol, and I'm not picking on anybody, but some people do drink for the, 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 um, the taste, but very few people do. I mean, I don't know how they do it. My goodness, you taste some of that so taste. I remember when I first drank beer, I was with a group of buddies, you know, and we were all hanging out, and I'm like, you know, and we, I got my beer, and I opened it up like I was something special, you know, and I took that taste, and I thought, somebody just threw up in this can. What was this, you know? <laughs> But, you know, a lot of people create that desire for that flavor by continuing to do, pushing themselves through it, right? Well, the same thing is true with the Word of God. Same things is true with anything in your life. Create a desire by some, putting a little work in it, pushing it in front of you. I don't care. Start by reading a paragraph. Start by reading two pages. Start by, and then, listen, the more you do that, the more it will come alive to you. You're cultivating that relationship with God. And I, I hear from so many people, I just don't like to read. All right? Well, if you're going to grow spiritually, it's going to take some work. If you're going to grow naturally, it's going to take some work. Right? If you don't want to work, you're not going to get the benefits of the gym. The same thing is true with your spirit. If you don't want to work at it and shoot for it, come on, you're never going to attain the full plan that God has for your life. Right? So you've got to cultivate that desire. And guys, ultimately, you create the desire for God's Word because God's Word builds your faith. We've talked about that last week. God's Word, faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. And guys, we know that your faith is what you're going to need to overcome situations in this life, right? And this is... And, and you need to keep that faith built up. All of that comes from spiritual growth. Growing in the things of God. Growing in His Word, ultimately, right? And let me just say this. Because one of the greatest things that you can do, 
all right, to grow your spiritual muscle, your faith muscles or your spiritual strength. Because it's very important that you grow these things. Because as you're going through life and you face problems and struggles and situation, persecution, opposition, all of this coming at you, if you're, if you're only uh, going against it naturally, you're not going to get very far. And you're going to be constantly beat back. But if you grow your spiritual muscles, now you, depend, you, you, you get to a place where you're responding out of faith and faith in God's Word, right? And one of the greatest ways to develop your faith and your spiritual muscles is obedience through trials. Now, see, trials is something that a lot of people don't like to talk about. But trials come with this world. The trials come from this fallen world we live in. And not every trial is just a test from the enemy, Right? Or it's not, in other words, every trial that you face isn't, isn't, isn't directly from the enemy. It's just a problem or, or a situation from this broken world that we live in, right? And, and, and please listen to me on this. But your trials develop your spiritual muscles just like weightlifting develops your physical strength. Look with me at James 1, 2, and 4. James 1, 2, and 4. I'm going to read this out of the Passion. It says, my fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. Now, my goodness. Naturally speaking, that'll blow you away. And you're like, are you kidding me? When you're facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. Verse 3. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up in you the power of endurance. And then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. Guys, we don't run from trials of this life. We run through the trials of this life. We embrace them by faith. Right? Because they're going to come. Everybody's going to deal with them. It's not prophecy. That's just a fact of the world that we live in. Right? And, and let, me, let me try to give you an example because, Lord, help me explain this. We, God's got a plan for all of us. And we'll use, I will use the gym analogy since we were talking about that. Right? And God's got a plan for you. You're born again. Now you're a spiritual baby. But God's plan needs you up here. So you've got, you got to bridge this gap. Now there's a refining process. That, go, that, that takes place right here. In other words, for God to get you up here. Now, say when you go to the gym to work out, you, you, you've never been in the gym or anything, there, there's a baseline you start with. So you may be at a 100-pound level on bench pressing. I don't know, Hamp, you're, you're, uh, you're helping Kaylee. What's her bench? 70 pounds. Can she bench the bar? She, oh, never mind. I'll get with your trainer and ask that. <laughs> 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 no, it's Jeremy that can't miss, miss the bar. That's all right. But no, in the gym, you have a baseline. You've got, you got a starting point. In other words, what you can handle. So let's just say you're at 100 pounds in the gym, all right? That's your, you can handle all day long 100 pounds. Now, let's bring that over. Don't get confused. I'm trying to make this easy. The, let's bring that over spiritually. So spiritually, let's say you can handle 100 pounds of opposition or 100, 100 pounds of persecution or 100 pounds of trouble in the world. I'm just using that as, as an example, all right? But yet, the plan that God has for your life is He needs you up here at 150 pounds of opposition and persecution and, and, and 
So, so you understand. So you're at 100, you can handle that all day long. So you've got to do some work to get here. There's a refining to get you here, right? And so God's got God's to bring you up here. Now we know, according to 1 Corinthians 10, 13, that you will never, God won't allow anything on you that you can't handle, all right? He's not going to allow that. Now, he's got to get you from 100 pounds to 150 pounds. He's got to bring... So there's got to be some working of your muscles, of your spiritual muscles to get you up here. All right? Now, now, listen. Please don't misunderstand me. God's going to bring you up here to this 150-pound level. Now, he's not going to allow 150 pounds of persecution, of problems, of opposition to fall on you all at once. Why? Because that will overcome you. That will overtake you. You're going to run for the hills. You're not going to have anything to do with it. Right? There's a building, a refining that it's going to take to get you up to that level. Just as you build your natural muscles a little step at a time, a little step at a time, the same thing's true spiritually. Right? So if you're at a hundred pound level, now remember, God is not the author of the trial or the test. But He will allow what is on, on you to refine you, to train you, to stretch your spiritual muscles because He needs you to get to the level where you can fulfill the plan that He has for your life. That, and it's a process. I'll give you an example. Like, so you're at 100, 100 pounds down here, but you've got to get to 150. Now a trial comes up. Maybe it's just so, so at work. They just, they just don't like you and just talking bad about you and all. There's some pretty bad stuff. You've got to respond. The trial's on. How are you going to respond? Spiritually, where are you at? All right? Because your flesh, are you being dominated by your flesh? Are you going to go over there and give them a black eye? All right? There was a day where I would have done that, but I don't do that now. I've grown up. Right? Are you going to spread rumors? Are you going to cut their tires? Are you going to do, I don't know, what would you do? I don't know. Or, are you going to take the high road? Right? Because now you're spiritual maturity. Are you going to take the high road and you're going to let it go? Are you going to pray for that person? See, now if you take that, Take that path, you just pass that trial. Now you just bumped up to 110, right? God's refining you. He's bringing you up. He's bringing you up. Now you're up here at 110. Well, now another trial comes. Well, say it's a financial trial. So that's a 20-pound trial because that seems to be at everybody's attention. And it's knocked your feet completely out from under you because like most of it, when it happens, when things break and things happen, it takes us by surprise. Now, God's watching, and, then, and there again, He's not going to allow anything on you. He's not the author of it. Please don't misunderstand me. He's not sending things down here. But He uses those things, as the Scripture said, works them for your good, right? Now, so a financial problem comes. Now you're like, oh my gosh, we're a $3,000 bill. Nobody wants to get a $3,000 bill, and it's due next week. What are we going to do? Now, your response is everything. Am I going to respond from... God's provision by faith? Am I going to Him first? Come on. Or are you going to respond from, honey, don't worry, the credit card's not maxed out. We can take $3,000 off of that. Boom, we'll settle that debt right now. We're digging a hole over here. Glory to God. And you just failed the test. Right? Now you're, you didn't gain any ground. Now you're just staying right there at 110. Staying right there at 110. You've got to deal with some more trials. You've got to use your faith. You've got to stretch your spiritual muscles. And through all of that, what you're doing is you're building, God's building, He's using the, the, the persecution, the opposition of this world. He didn't bring it on you to teach you, but He's using it for your good. 
and He's teaching you, and He's training you. He's building your spiritual muscles to get you up here where He needs for the plan that He has for your life. Because listen, the plan that He has for your life, it takes some, somebody that can handle some opposition. Because the greater you grow to be more like Christ, the bigger the target you get on your back from our enemy Satan. And he wants to take you out. And he's going to be hitting you with anything possible to get you out of the way. So you've got to be working those muscles. Don't give up when times get hard. Stretching your faith, trust in Him and believe in Him so that when the time comes, guys, and there's going to come a time. There's going to come a time where God says, I need you. I've been working on you for so long, but I need you now. I need you to stand in what I'm bringing you up to. I need you. Right? And, and, and Because I need you to be able to handle this adversity because this is the plan I made you for. I made you, you know, but I need you up here. And the sad thing is, is there's a lot of people they are going to respond by not making it to the level they need to be because they didn't keep pushing through. They didn't keep overcoming. They didn't keep growing spiritually in the things of God, stretching their faith muscles and walk, being able to walk out and step into the plan and being prepared by faith to handle adversity, opposition, all of those things. People aren't going to get there because they give up. They give up. And then, then what happens is, and we know God's will is going to be done. God's will, some, if He can't use you, He's going over here. He's going to use you. Now, that's, His will gets done. But see, the thing is, is, the sad thing is for some people, everybody will deal with this in some capacity, is they have to look at it like an opportunity is just lost. An opportunity was lost. Because they'll stand before God and He'll say, I needed you. I needed you. I allowed these things to grow you. I allowed you. I didn't allow enough that would take you down, but I allowed enough to grow you. And I made a way by faith and, 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 and all my systems in my word. I made a way for you to, to fulfill the plan that I had for you. I just needed you to believe in me. See me as your source. Believe by faith. Have faith in me. I just needed you, but you didn't quite make it. And, and, and there's people that will stand there and say, now the, the, what God needed done will get done. But that person will have to stand there and say, and he'll ask, what about this? And see, nobody wants to do that, right? And that's not to scare you, but that should make you show. I want to show you the importance of, of, of growing spiritually because all of this is only going to happen if you grow spiritually in the things of God. Because the, the trials that we face, it's just spiritual training for the greater test that we're going to face in the future, right? I don't know, in this same principle in the natural. Anybody that takes responsibility and ownership of a, vis- of a business, you better be prepared to handle the problems that come with that because problems will come. That shouldn't scare you away. That, shouldn't scare, that should just make you be more bolder and confident in your skills and your abilities that God gifted you with to go out there and press through. Don't shy away and run in fear. Because we haven't been given the spirit of fear. God wants you to bless in your business venture because if, you're, if you are following Him, serving Him, uh, learning from Him, growing to be more like Christ, and He's gifted you to be a business-minded person, and you have the heart to sow into the kingdom so that He wants you blessed. He wants you blessed to be a blessing for the body of Christ, guys. Listen, that's how you can count it all joy. We always wonder, how do you count it all joy? 
when you go through these problems and through this persecution, through this opposition and all that. Because God's refining you. God's working it for your good. He's working it. He's bringing you up a level. Every time you overcome a, a problem or tragedy or struggle, just smile and put a smile on your face. And because God's working on me, I'm working on me. He's get, bringing me up because he's got a plan for me. He's got some great things for me to do, and I will walk them out. You've got to have that attitude. I will not quit, and I will not quit, and I will not quit, and I will not quit. You've got to have that attitude, right? But that only happens by spiritual growth, guys. Growing in the things of God. And you have to make it a priority. You've got to make it a priority for your life. I can't do it for you. Your mom can't do it for you. Your brother can't do it. Your husband, your wife. No, but you have to take responsibility for your own life. Right? And I know that's something that we don't like to hear today. Everybody wants to blame everybody about everything. You know? I blame Dr. Seuss. I mean, I mean, I mean, uh, um, I mean, we, we got to, take responsibility for our lives. I mean, that's just the simple truth. And quit trying to blame everybody, right? This is an imperfect world. There's no doubt about it. And you can get hung up on anything and make your life hard, right? But I choose to just go forward with it and not look for something to dig into, right? Because you can dig into some things, right? Now, I'm going to give you some steps really quick, and I'm going to zip through them pretty quick here. That will get you, if you'll do these guys, if you will do these, this will get you to a point where you can grow spiritually, right? And the first thing you got to do is you got to learn to forget. Learn to forget. Now, this is tough. Learn to forget. Philippians 3, 13 and 14. You've got to learn to forget. Everybody say forget. forget. Got to learn to forget, guys. This, is, this, is a tough, this was a tough one for me. Verse 13, this is Paul. He says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, the anointed one, Jesus. Guys, if you're going to grow spiritually, you've got to start here. You've got to do what Paul is telling us to do. You've got to forget those things which are behind. And I think it's interesting right there in verse 14, it says, it, it, it says that I, I press toward the mark. And Paul obviously doesn't believe that he's arrived yet. Now, he's a spiritual giant in this day, but he has such a humble heart here, you can see it, because he don't think he's arrived yet because he says he's pressing towards the mark. And I'm going to tell you something. There is nothing that will stunt your spiritual growth like thinking you've arrived. In other words, we all know that person. That's a know-it-all. I know too much. Don't you know how many times I've been reading the Bible? I've been reading the Bible since I was for 20 years. I have so much Bible knowledge. But, are, yeah, but, but tell me about your relationship. Is this alive to you? Or, or are you just memorizing Scripture? There's a difference. There's a difference, right? But Paul, and, and there's nothing that'll slow your spiritual growth down than thinking you're alive. you've arrived. You know, you should always be working and growing in the things of God. And this is why all pastors should have pastors over them for accountability, to reach out, to, keep, to preach into them, right? Because, and to keep them from falling into the God mentality mindset, right? And the thing that, i tell you the thing that I've learned the, the, the most about this is is because I, I thought I was pretty smart to start with, you know. And I think everybody does. I mean, let's be serious. Everybody thinks they're pretty smart. I'm not saying you're not. But 
I learned that the more that I grow into the things of God, and the more I learn about this, and the more I just make this a part of me, and, 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 and the more I learn all of that, I realize just how little I actually knew. And it's so great. You know, I don't take that bad. I take that just, just, I just like a sponge. I just, everything that I learn, I just keep soaking it in. I'm like, thank you, Father, for showing that. Keep a humble heart. Keep a humble heart. All right? Now, all right, let's keep going. I'm sorry. So the first step to growing spiritually is you've got to learn to forget. Because, and always remember, Satan is looking for a way to get you distracted. And, if, and he keeps so many people distracted by past failures, by past problems, by past mistakes, right? Let them go. Let them go. Because we know that, that, that God doesn't remember our past, right? No. So we've got to not remember it either. Let that, and listen, guys, don't get hung up on your past blessings, right? Ooh, we're supposed to forget those. Now, it's great to have them for a testimony, but some people get so focused on the past blessings that, that God used in their life, they can't see the future blessing that God's trying to work now. They're so focused on bragging. It's, it's, a, it's, it's an attitude of pride is what it is. Well, I overcame that. I fought that battle. And they spend their next 20 years of their life bragging about how they overcame that. And listen, let it go. Because you're so far focused on looking back that you can't look forward to what God's trying to move you into. Come on now. Don't get hung, don't get hung up on that. All right, number two. Number two. Oh, gosh. Learn to forgive. Now, I know this goes hand in hand, but I pointed these out together on purpose. Because this is something... <laughs> slows every single body. All right, Ephesians 4.32, it says, And be kind one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Now, we all know that it's easy to be kind to people that are being kind to you. Come on. Now, we can, that's just a given. If somebody's being nice to you, you can be nice to them back. But, Look what Paul said. He says, be kind to one another even as God forgave you. Well, first question, how did God forgive us? Isaiah 43, 24. I will blot out your transgressions and I will not remember your sins anymore. That's how we're to forgive. God forgot ours. We've got to let it go. Forgive and forget. Forgive and forget. For, to forgive as God forgave means that you don't remember the wrong that was been done to you. Well, Pastor, you don't know how bad that wrong was. I mean, come on, you know. He better be lucky I didn't, you know. Uh-uh. Are you going to respond from the flesh or are you going to respond spiritually? Are you going to pass the trial or are you going to fail the test? Come on. What are you going to do? you got to... And, and let me... I've used this illustration a couple of times, but I had a hard time with this. Because when we graduated Rama, I've shared this story some, we, we got a, a hold of a ministry, and, you know, we were just getting started. We didn't have our licensing and our, or, our um, 501c3 yet to be able to receive funding, but we had people that were ready to support us because we were working in Ukraine and this, that, and other. And we got a hold of a min, an ministry that was doing a similar thing to what we were doing. And he said, hey, come on board. You know, you guys can, you can route your funding through us, and then we'll just give you the funding, and then your, your supporters can get a tax break. And then, so we were like, yeah, you know, yeah, everybody, in, everybody in the Christian world is 
good, you know. So, so anyway, we do it. We connect with them, and great time. Matter of fact, we served in that organization. Matter of fact, Natalie's here as a result of that organization. Some great, a lot of great things happened during that organization. We were there for a little over a year and got a call. I got a phone call from a businessman, and, it, and this was a year later. And he said, "Hey," he said, "Come on, guys, I'm trying to do my taxes. I need my tax receipt." I said, you know, I told him, I said, Jim, I said, you haven't given to us. Because when they would give us our funding, we could see who, they, who had given. And he said, well, I beg your pardon. He said, our, my business had been sewing. He said, and it's five figures. I need a receipt. So it was pretty, you know, for us, it was a pretty good bit of money. Close to $25,000. And that was gone. We never saw a dime of it. Dug a little deeper, the organization ended up taking that money and using it. Now, that's a whole other story. A whole other story. Now, there were some good things coming from this organization, right? And we, we could have we easily attacked them from the flesh to stop what they were doing because what he did was clearly wrong. But we chose to walk away because there was a lot of good being done. And I chose to forgive and forget that. I even told him, I said, I forgive you. He never openly admitted that he, he, he did that, but he never said he didn't. Right? So he might as well have admitted. But I had to forgive him. And I'm going to tell you something. When you have to forgive somebody and take that kind of money away from you, and you're a missionary, you're self-funded, I mean, funded off of donations and all, oh, that was hard to do. But I had to let it go. I had to let, we don't talk about it. I only talk about it when I use it as an, 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 an illustration. Right? Because it's in the past. Right? So you've got to learn to forgive and you've got to learn to forget. Guys. Don't... I, I don't care what somebody has done. And I'm, I'll tell you another. Well, all right, for the sake of time, I won't tell that one. Oh, but it's so good. All right. I learned this a hard way from my mother. My mother's gone on to be with the Lord. Great woman of, uh, she was a great woman of faith and didn't really realize it. But I learned so much watching her because she was brutally abused by her dad and brothers as she was growing up in uh, horrible, horrific ways. But I watched my mom once I got up in my teenage years as she dealt with this and she was dealing with forgiveness. I watched her go to their doors and knock them, knock on the door and tell them that she forgave them for what they did. And I'll never forget it because that was the hardest thing to watch, especially once I realized what her brothers had done to her which was just awful. But I watched her. And she did that, and she knocked on that door, and she told them. Now, one of the brothers, he just broke down and lost it. And he, he had been carrying that burden of that for his entire life. I mean, he was on his knees. You know, I am so sorry. You know. And then the other, the other brother wasn't that gracious about it. He didn't care. You know. But I learned right then to see her walk away from that. And we left from there. And it was tough on my dad and the whole situation. But we left from there, and we got about uh, probably three miles from the, from the place, and she had broken down through the whole process and all this, and a smile came back on her face. And she looked at my dad, and she told him, she said, I feel like, I, I, she said, I feel like a ton of bricks has just been falling off of my shoulders. Because, she, and if you, I'm not going to get into the details, but if you knew what had happened, the thought of being able to forgive that. Now I see, now I didn't find out until later, until I was grown an adult, what actually happened. I was like, Mom, super mom. I mean, you know, my gosh. 
But I learned to forgive and forget no matter what. Because you don't ever know. Never, don't ever know. All right. Now, really quick. Number three, if you're going to grow spiritually, guys, you've got to learn to pray. All right? And that's just a given. And growing spiritually, that's a, a successful prayer life is everything. That's not just getting up and saying, Lord, bless my dog. Bless. No, I mean, that's conversation with your father. Right? You don't have to put the these owls and just, just talk to him. If you're driving down the road by yourself, talk to him. Right? And then you'll, you'll, you're cultivating that relationship. Right? And, and always remember that your prayer life has got to be built on God's Word. Okay? Got to be built on His Word. Now, number four, in the step to growing spiritually, you've got to learn to believe. Now, we talked about this last week. Mark eleven twenty four. What things you desire, pray, believe, receive. Pray, believe, receive. Pray, believe, receive. Guys, the prayer of faith will not work if you don't believe it. It will not work. Pray, believe, receive. You've got to believe before you receive, right? All right? That's a given. You've got to... Now, the fifth thing, and this is funny, this goes along with the worship today. I guess that's why I got a little bit into that earlier, was if you're going to grow spiritually, you've got to learn to worship. I mean, worship is the, that is the one-on-one intimate time between you and God. There shouldn't be anything else on your mind. Not about coffee, not about donuts, not about the person next to you, not about the room temperature, not about, well, so-and-so got my seat today. I don't know, I'm no, that's my seat, I've been sitting in a... No, that is your time to wipe all that away and do what God created you to do. Worship Him. And guys, there's nothing greater... Nothing greater than when you learn to get into that. And that is a clear sign of spiritual maturity right there. Because people that can openly worship and raise their hand, maybe get their little groove on, you know, don't laugh at those people because they're, listen, they are so, they've been in this so long and they're so, so, so consumed with it that they're, they're dancing before their God just like David did. I mean, I mean it doesn't get any greater. It doesn't get any greater. So you've got to learn to worship. John 4, 24 said, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. All right. Now, and the sixth thing is you've got to learn to give, and you guys have got that. Because, listen, giving is a sign of spiritual maturity. It really is. Because people that don't give don't understand what the Bible says about giving. Now, you guys know I'm never after your money. Right? You know that. I don't pull emotional strings to make you give. Never, you guys do a great job. Y'all understand this. But if people that don't give, they're not growing spiritually. Because you can't grow spiritually and not understand what this word says about giving. That's part of God's system. Seed, time, and harvest. The systems that God set in place for us to live by, to operate by. And it operate, all of that happens based off of your giving. Right? Now, the last thing, and I'm closing with this, I promise, is guys, you've got to learn to witness. You've got to learn to witness. You know, the church isn't growing because people have a lack of an interest to grow spiritually, number one. It's not about good, pe- good preachers. not about good worship. There's a lot of churches have great worship sets. A lot of churches have good ministers, good speakers. It's, a lot of, it's about people that are having a lack of interest for what we're doing. They're, they're more consumed with what's going on in the world than what we have. And a lot of that comes from the fact that they're not seeing it in Christians, right? 
I mean, I can tell you people right now that are Christian, they're in church all the time, church every Sunday, but all their friends are over here living a whole different lifestyle. They're partying it up, cussing it up, boozing it up, drinking it up, doing this, doing that. But there's this one person that's their, that's their friend. And, 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 and they're not influencing these people at all because they're people, they're not ever coming to church. You know, I was talking with a pastor friend about this before. And that made me, that made me that God showed me something. He showed me that, that the greatest witness that you can be to this whole world is to live a life that's sold out to God. I mean, that's the greatest witness that you can be. Because if you're living a life sold out to God and all your buddies are over here doing this, and you're never influencing them to come to God, then are you truly living a life sold out to God? Because they should be able to see that on you. Right? They should be able to see, hear that in your words. They should be able to, 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 see, to see that in, your, in just the, 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 the glow that comes off of you because of the peace that you, and the joy that you walk in. Right? And, and, and so, I mean, we got to witness. Now, witnessing does not mean that you tackle somebody and you pour the Bible down somebody's throat. I know we did that for years, and people were like, no, well, I don't, that, that doesn't work. But being a witness that is sold out to God, it, 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 that's everything. What you are speaks so loud. That's it. You never know who's watching you. You never know, guys. You never know. Now, I want to encourage you. I'm closing Spiritual growth is key to you reaching the plan God has for your life, right? Don't, don't, don't despise the, the tests that you go through. No, you embrace them by faith. Know that you're going to see it through. You're going to learn from it. You're going to take steps growing. God is refining you, bringing you up so that when you reach where he needs you, glory to God, you can handle the opposition. You can handle the, the persecution. You can handle the problems. And you can handle the plan that he has for you. And glory to God, when you finish that plan, God's got you and he sees, oh, he sees, I've got you. Now he's going to bring you up to 250. Now he's going to bring you up to 350. He's going to keep growing you, keep progressing you. And when you get before him, glory to God, there's going to be a a smile on his face the size of this building where he just says, thank you, well done, my faithful servant. But it all is geared around your spiritual growth. Push yourself. Push yourself. Don't you give up. When it gets hard, you push harder. When it gets hard, you dig deeper. It gets hard. And let me tell you this. Your church is responsible for the, the people, growing the people spiritually. We're responsible for lifting those people up that are down here at the 100-pound level. You may be at 300 pounds. Well, you've got to hold this person up. You got, in other words, you've got to speak into their life in love. You've got to hold them accountable. You've got to love them through the hard times, but you've got to instruct them as they need instruction through the hard times. Come on. This is why your church is so invaluable, so priceless, so priceless. Amen. Glory to God. Let's pray. Father.